earthquakes in diverse places, wars and rumors of wars, immeasurable, unfathomable, unprecedented outpourings of the Spirit of the living God. These are signs that we are in the end times. The Lord is getting ready. Jesus has a return ticket that he's about to purchase and he's about to come back for his bride. And I believe that the Lord is preparing Revival Church to be a part of that bride. And he's commissioning you into a new place of authority for this city, but beyond this city. There's home churches that God wants to start in your home. There's Bible studies that Jesus wants you to teach out of your home. There's areas of this region that you live in that they will not come to church on a Sunday, but they will join you for coffee and a Bible study on a Tuesday. That's what God is ready to do in this church. That's what God is ready to do in this church. Come on, don't you want to see people be filled with the Spirit in your living room? Don't you want to see people be baptized in the name of Jesus in the backyard of your home, in the backyard of a neighbor's house, in their pool? God's getting ready to come back. God is getting ready to come back. I want to be a part of the people that he comes back for. I want my friends, I want my family members, I want them to be a part of the people that Jesus comes back for. Could you go with me to 2 Kings chapter 4? It is an honor to be here today. So thankful for this church. Thankful for my in-laws. Thankful that this church allows us to come in. And um, I told my father-in-law, I was like, man, look, I like your preaching way better than mine. As a matter of fact, if it's either your first, your second, or third time here, and you have still not heard Pastor Todd Johnson preach, please come back next Sunday. He's one of the best preachers on the planet. Come on, church, don't you agree with that? Please come back. Please come back. Do not let your impression of this church be based on this funky white dude from Louisiana with an unproportioned body, arms like an orangutan that almost hang to the floor. Please come back in here, Pastor Todd Johnson preach. Happy birthday to my amazing mother-in-law, the greatest Mia ever. If I have any, any apparel, any clothing whatsoever that is nice or trendy on any level, it's all because of her. I am fully clothed by my mother-in-law every year for Christmas, and I wear those clothes the entire year until I get a new wardrobe come Christmas. So thank you, mother-in-law, for helping me out on massive levels. It's amazing to have my wife, my four-month-old son. Four, he will be five months in two days, February 21st. Goodness gracious. I love them both so much. Second Kings chapter 4. Let's move into the word of the Lord. I believe God has something that he wants to do in this place on top of what he's already doing. Now there cried a certain woman of the wives of the sons of the prophets unto Elisha, saying, Your servant, my husband, is dead, and you know that your servant did fear the Lord. 
The creditor has come to take unto him my two sons to be bondmen. Elisha said unto her, what shall I do for you? Tell me, what do you have in the house? And she said, your handmaid has not anything in the house, save a pot of oil. Then he said, go and borrow you vessels abroad of all your neighbors. Even everybody say empty vessels. Borrow not a few. And then you, when you come in, you shall shut the door. You and your sons, you shall pour out into all the vessels. You shall set aside that which is full. So she went from him. She shut the door upon her, upon her sons, who brought the vessels to her, and she poured out. And it came to pass when the vessels were full, that she said unto her son, bring me yet another vessel. And he said, there is not a vessel more. There is not. There's no more. They're all full. Every empty vessel that we have brought into this house is now full. And so with that, I want to preach to you this thought, the tragedy of untold stories. The tragedy of untold stories. If, if you are in this place, and there's just something in you, man. There's, there's something that, that craves a move of God. There's something in you that you just, you are ready to see Jesus move like he has never moved before in your life if you need a miracle if you know anybody that's a prodigal that has left the church or left their walk with the Lord if there is anybody in this room that just needs Jesus to minister unto them could you lift your hands right now every guest every member and just say Lord open my heart Lord open my spirit God speak to me today let your word, God, let it be good seed that falls on good ground in my heart, Lord. Let it, let it take root. Let it bear fruit of your righteousness. Let it bear fruit of your spirit. Let it bear fruit in my life, oh God, that it might be for your glory. Father, as we edge into your word that, that sets the captive free, Lord, I pray that we would leave this place transformed and changed. I pray that we would leave with less of ourselves and more of you. God, I pray that you would help us today. The way that you've already begun moving, continue to move from worship into the word. And Lord, give us your power. Give us your authority. Give us direction and give us clarity. Give us, Jesus, your spirit today. We need you. We give you all the praise and the glory. If you love Jesus, why don't you clap for him? Why don't you give them praise like you've had coffee this morning? Can you let Jesus know that you're here? Come on, can you let heaven know that you're ready? Can you let heaven know with your voice? Come on, somebody shout hallelujah. Amen, you may be seated. Pin, Gillette, and Teller are American magicians, entertainers, and scientific skeptics who have performed together since the late 1970s. The duo has been featured in numerous stage and television shows such as Penn and Teller Fool Us and currently perform in Las Vegas and the Rio, the longest running headliers to play at the same hotel in Las Vegas history. Penn Gillette serves as the act's orator and racketeer and Teller generally does not speak while performing and instead communicates through mime and nonverbals. Through his, though his voice can occasionally be heard during their live shows and television appearances. Besides magic, though, the pair has become associated with the advocacy.
advocacy of scientific skepticism and libertarianism. They're atheists. And as staunch as atheists as anybody could be. Believing and spreading that religion has done more harm than it has good. But even though they have a lack of faith in Jesus, this does not mean that Jesus has a lack of love for them and for their lives. There's a story that Gillette tells about a certain interaction that he had after a show a few years back. And I was able to find a video of him telling that story. And they're about to play that video because it's fascinating. But even though that they're about to play it, uh, please, it is a video from years ago. This is not Revival Church uh, quality video. This is a very old video. So you're going to have to excuse the image quality. It's going to be pixelated. But if they can, I want them to play that video right now. Edition, which is part of the New Testament. Little book about this big, this thick, you know. This is more important than that. He said, if I knew that there was a truck headed your direction and I told you and you would not believe me, I would jump and try to save you. And even though that may be your physical life, he says with his own words, this is more important than that. Salvation, eternity, where you spend the life after this one is more important than anything else that this earth could offer. And he poses the question, how much do you have to hate somebody to not tell them? How much if you believe that somebody will spend an eternity in a place that they do not want to go, how much do you have to hate them? That's not the only point I agree with in this video. I also believe that religion alone it does lead to more harm than good. But I'm not in a room full of people that believe in religion alone. I'm in a room with people whose religion is based in a relationship with a God. Whose religion is based on a relationship with a Savior whose presence that we feel in this room even right now. I'm in a room full of people who know that they have a God that met them right where they were. As dirty as they may have been, as low of a place as they may have been in, who picked them up and decided to turn their life around. Who delivered them, who saved them, whose spirit met them where they were is there anybody in this room that has a testimony is there anybody in this room that can testify he's been good to me We must make the decision that we are not going to become silent observers or build a kingdom based on self. But we must become believers that decide what God has done for me. How God has blessed me. How God has helped me. How God has delivered me and my family and my life. I don't want that to be just for me. But I want to tell others. 
others. I want to show others. I want to share with others. And it happens more often than we would like to admit. It's happened to many, if not all of us in this room, myself included, where at one time... We burned bright with passion and zeal for the things of God when he first saved us, when he first met us, when we were first filled with his spirit, whenever we were baptized in his name. We had a moment with Jesus at Jacob's well and like the woman that he saved there, we would tell others and share the story. Come and see a man who knows everything that I've done and yet he still loves me. Come and see a God. who knows about everything that I've ever done and ever been that fresh fire it burning bright but somewhere along the way the flame of purpose and passion that was so strong and vivid it was reduced to a cold spark by the pragmatic pressures of this world at some point we were convinced that people aren't interested anymore Somewhere you heard about how your experience is yours, but God does not move like that anymore. God does not do miracles like that anymore. But I have come commissioned by the Holy Ghost to remind Revival Church today, Jesus Christ is the same yesterday. He is the same today. And he is going to be the same forevermore. And the story that he has given you, the story that he has given your family, the story that he has given your children and your grandchildren, the story that he has given sons and daughters, the testimony that he's given every single one of us, the reason that you decided he's going to be the one that I live for. He wants to do the same for every person on this earth. He wants to do the same for every person in this city, in this region, in this state. He wants to use you. He wants to use you to reach somebody that is struggling with depression. He wants to use you to help somebody on the very verge of taking their life. He wants to use you to build his kingdom here on earth and add to his church. Everybody say daily. 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 Such as should be saved. I want to tell you, people are far from uninterested can i testify about what jesus did last sunday we had a record number we had nine first time guests join us for a Sunday at Vessel Church. Multiple of those guests uh, that came to a home group uh, this past week. Uh, can I tell you there's broken people that you know. Uh, there's hurting people that you rub shoulders with uh, every single day. There's people in your workplace. Uh, there's people in your classroom. There are people that surround us. And they need Jesus. They need what you have. They need it. Acts 1 tells us some of the last words of Jesus' ministry here on earth. But you will receive. Everybody say power. power. We love the power. 
We love the presence. But that power was not for us to indulge in. But that power was given that it might catapult us into this earth into our surroundings, into our circles, that it would lead us to somebody because that power, he said, was going to be given unto you that you will be. Everybody say witnesses. He said that you will not practice being a witness. He said you will be. There's no such thing. As spending a Saturday going to witness to others. You can't, once you receive the spirit of God, you are not supposed to practice being a witness. You are a witness. God has made you a witness of his power, of his love, of his truth. Every one of us that have been filled with him, we are witnesses of him. It's like the church did in Acts chapter four, where they were beaten for preaching the things of Jesus and they left joyfully. And whenever they were told to stop, their response, we cannot but speak. We just, we can't stop talking about what Jesus has done for us. We can't stop telling other people about how he's changed our lives. We can't stop telling people about miracles that we have witnessed in this altar. We can't stop telling people about a savior. We cannot but speak the things which we have seen and heard. And that's all that it is. That's all that it is. You see, the reason that we feel tense when we preach about this kind of stuff is because we as people, we have complicated it. We've made reaching others so complex. Whenever all it is, Pastor John, is just telling them. Just speaking. Just telling them the things that we have witnessed with our own eyes, that we have heard with our own ears, that we have felt even in ourselves. If there is ever a miracle given, if there is ever a blessing given, if there is ever a time that Jesus meets us either at an altar, at a church, or in a living room in our home, that's a place where we can tether ourselves to and go and tell somebody else. Listen to what Jesus has done to change my life and here, here's what's wild y'all want to know what's wild the things that we pray for the blessings that we pray for the miracles that we pray for the breakthroughs that we pray for the oil will not begin to flow until there are vessels that are empty. Meaning, on a Sunday at RC, if all there is, is people that are already full of him, 
we might get a little bit. But the oil will not be able to flow because Jesus cannot fix what's not broken. That's not to say that we are not broken people. We are all faulted, but we all know of a Savior. For every crack and every mishap, we know of the solution. We know who to turn to. But there are people, thousands of people that are outside of these four walls that do not know where to go. There are empty people, empty vessels that you know. People that you talk to, that you converse with. People that you do life with that are so empty. They are so hurt. They are filled with nothing but pain but they are looking for something they are looking for someone and whenever you decide to bring empty vessels into the house you know what happens the oil begins to flow miracles begin to pour out blessing is given what you pray for in your life it will happen oil will flow when empty vessels when empty vessels are present see we look at their emptiness we look at their emptiness and we get scared we look at it as a reason for God not to move but all Jesus sees whenever he sees it, empty people make their way up we look at it as a problem but Jesus Jesus, he sees opportunity for his glory. He sees opportunity for his name to be preached. He sees opportunity for a soul to be saved. He sees opportunity. Go and find empty vessels. Go and find every Stanley. Go and find every Hydro. Go and find every empty Starbucks cup, every empty Dutch cup. You go and find every single thing that can contain what it is that I want to give. And you begin to bring it. And if you bring it, I will fill it. If you bring it, I will pour out. If you bring the empty vessels, you just get them here and I'll be the one. God is ready. The question is, are we? Building the kingdom of heaven here on earth. And I, I promise I'm trying to hurry. Building the kingdom of heaven here on earth really isn't that difficult. All you have to do. Can I, young person, can I tell you all you have to do is find yourself a monument moment. Okay, I'm, I'm going to I'm gonna quickly go through this. In Joshua. There's a story about Joshua leading the people of Israel to once again cross the Red Sea. Many of you know it, but before they go, Jesus, the Lord tells him that I want you to get a, more, a person from every tribe. I want them to bring stones and I want them to stack them up in the river so that whenever the water comes back, the water will come back. Life comes back. It doesn't matter how many Red Seas are parted in a church. Tuesday, Wednesday happens. The water comes back. So you have to make sure that whenever the water comes back, you've got a monument that is high enough for you to be able to see. 
you've got a miracle that you know God did this for me that's how I know he's still alive God delivered my family this way God blessed our finances this way God restored my marriage this way that's how I know even though the waters are back there's still something I can see that tells me he's given me a reason to live he's given me a reason to shout he's given me a reason to tell somebody everybody say monument every miracle tells the story of Jesus every blessing that you've ever received on a Sunday at a missions conference in a prayer meeting whatever it might be every time that God has met you it's the makings of a monument that you might be able to tell the story of him because what good is it to have a story and not tell it what good is the untold story if Jesus has done something for you why why if we live in a world that is so broken if we live in a world that is so filled with fear if we live in a world that is to the brim with chaos why would you not share a story of hope I know brother Martin preached it last Sunday hope it remains but it remains in every single one of us I don't know if he claimed me, but that was my pastor growing up. I'm thankful that this church got to hear his voice. But most of the time that people need to hear Jesus, the truth is, they don't know. They don't know. They, they don't. You look at the scriptures. Many times that Jesus did a miracle, it was with somebody that was not looking for Jesus. Talk to the woman at the Samaritan, the Samaritan woman at the well. She wasn't looking for Jesus. She was looking for water. But somewhere along the way, Jesus showed, I can give you more than water. You look at Saul, who would later become the apostle Paul. Not only was he uninterested in Jesus, he was going to kill people that lived for him. Paul was a persecutor of the church. And Jesus still met him. What we've done is we've allowed the narrative of the world to put so much fear in us thinking that they don't want what we have. We have allowed TikTok to tell the story of how liberal the world is and how all these things are going on. We've allowed the narrative of sin. We've allowed the narrative of perversion. We've allowed the narrative of fear to tell the story of what Jesus has done for us. But can I tell you that Paul himself, after his conversion, even though there might have been times where he was surrounded by people that would persecute him, he would later go on to say, I am not ashamed of the gospel of Jesus Christ, for it is the power of salvation. Hold up. Time out. 
See, when we look at and see, we see the byproduct. We see sin. What we deal with today in this world is not sin issue. What we deal with today in this world is deception issue. We are, they, people are deceived by things of this world. And that's what leads them into sin. But can I tell you, we are not a people that offer deception. We are a people that can bring truth. That can make somebody free they can be free of the lie they can be free of the deception they can be free of the chains everybody say truth it's what you have and there's people every single day that are looking for it don't believe the broad stroke lies of social media don't believe the broad stroke narrative of news networks I don't care what kind of research comes out there's people out there that you know that are so hungry they're so desperate they may not know that they're looking for Jesus but that's why they need somebody to go and be a friend they need somebody to go and tell them that there's still a God that loves them Because that was one of Paul's greatest conversion tactics. Whenever he was most pressed, you know what he would do? He would tell his story. Sure, you might believe this. You might not believe this. But no matter about what you believe, let me tell you about what I've experienced. Let me tell you about something that research cannot void out. Let me tell you about something that no narrative of this world could ever take away from me and that is a testimony that is a story that Jesus gave me whenever I needed him most Paul would use his story Paul would use his story to tell others and as a Native American proverb says shout out to you father-in-law those who tell stories rule the world Empires, movements, and legacies have been built on the back of stories and storytellers. There's a certain power to it that's unquantifiable because in the fabric of human DNA, we want to hear a story. As author Jonathan Grotschel says, we are as a species addicted to story. Even when the body goes to sleep, the mind stays up all night telling itself stories. And that's what every YouTuber, every influencer, every TikToker on the planet that's trying to make it big says that they're doing. They're all saying that I'm just here to tell my story. But your testimony, your testimony is not just another story. Scripture says that by the blood of the Lamb and the power of the Word, of their testimony that is how they were able to overcome him him being the enemy that means that and right there it equates the power of the blood of the unspotted lamb jesus christ it equates the power of that blood to the story that the blood gave you stories might help people connect but your testimony it can ignite faith in the life of somebody that does not have faith stories may spark conversation 
vision, but your testimony can spark a conversion. Stories might have punchlines, but your testimony has the power to deliver. It has the power to save. Why good is it going to do for people if we don't tell? When you decide to withhold your testimony, you declare that love, God's love is not that powerful. You now become the judge of who God can and cannot save. Whenever we withhold the miracles and we keep our mouth shut, we say grace is not really that sufficient. But if Sunday services... If missions conference, if a midweek, if a prayer meeting, if a life group, whatever it is that you do, or wherever avenue, whatever venue that you do it, if it changed your life, if it changed your destiny, not only can God do it for somebody else, he wants to. It's his desire. Music, you can come back. The landing gear's coming down. There's a story that I read recently that happened in New Orleans, Louisiana. It's about an hour east of where we live in Baton Rouge. It was in August of 1985. The New Orleans Recreation Department hosted a party a pool party for the 100 plus lifeguards that were over all the pools in New Orleans for that summer. And they were celebrating. They were celebrating the first summer in history's record without anybody drowning in those pools. However, as the party came to a close, over 200 people in attendance, over 100 of them being people certified to save lives. As it began to clean up, they noticed there was something at the bottom of the deep end of the pool. At the very party to celebrate what the lifeguards were able to do that summer, 31-year-old Jimmy Butler, or Jimmy something, was at the bottom of the pool, completely clothed. He had drowned. He was there for so long that whenever they got him out, they were not able to resuscitate him. At the very party to celebrate their achievement, their accomplishment, to celebrate nobody had drowned this summer. Tragedy struck. A life was lost. Because they were too enamored with what had already happened. You can bring those out. Every single day, whenever you leave this place, you know what you carry? You carry what can save lives. 
you carry what can help somebody not take their life. You carry what can help lift people out of crippling depression. You carry the only peace that is available in this world that will be able to withstand any form of anxiety. What you carry are stories. What you carry are testimonies. But you see, the thing about being a witness is that we don't like to do it because it keeps us accountable. It requires us to actually believe what we say we believe. It requires us to do what the word actually asks us to do. It requires us to take our hand and place it on somebody else in a supermarket and pray to see them recover. But what we tend to do, oh, oh, what's that? Oh, you just got diagnosed with cancer. Oh my goodness. Oh man. I'm so sorry to hear that. If there's anything that we can do for you or your family, please let us know. Thank you. We'll see you soon, okay? Be safe. Oh, you haven't gotten out of the house. And this is the first time that you've been out of the house in weeks. Wow. Oh, it's, it's because of fear. You, it's because of things that you're scared of that keeps you shut in. Wow. That's so brave of you that you've stepped outside today. That's so brave. You, hey, you keep stepping, okay? One step at a time, each day at a time, okay? I'll be, I'll be praying for you, all right? All right, I'm out. We are faced with moments. And what we choose to do is we choose to hide. We choose to hide the very God that changed our lives. We choose to take what can give and save lives and we put it behind our back acting as though that we were the ones that got ourselves out of the situations in the first place. Acting as though we were the ones that lifted ourselves out of the valley of the shadow of death. Acting as though it was us. It was by our power. It was by our ability. But that is not so. What we carry is the spirit of the living God. What we we carry our beacons of light in a world that is shrouded in darkness and I just want to know are we going to continue to celebrate or are we finally going to release what God has given us into the lives of people drowning in sorrow drowning in pain drowning Are we going to continue to hoard what God has done? Are we going to continue to withhold testimonies? Or is there somebody here? Is there somebody here that is willing to lift up your hands? And say, here am I. Here am I, God. Here am I and what you've given me. I'm going to take to somebody else. The word says 
that he has not given us a spirit of fear but the power of love and of a sound mind and I know that we just met but would you mind if I prayed for you and pray that God deliver you from that fear because he delivered me from fear can I pray with you in the name of Jesus father I pray for your peace to cover her mind I pray for your peace to cover her life that you would be with her it's as simple as that who's willing who's willing who's willing if you're willing I want you to make your way here I want you to throw your hands out wherever you are I want you to come and I want you to say God let it stop with me God, don't, don't let me be more fearful of this world than I am faithful. Here you go, brother. I want you to bring that to your family. Your prayers are going to save your family. Your prayers are going to save your co-workers. Come on, you carry what saves lives. Every one of us, if you know how to speak in tongues, if you've been baptized in the name, you carry what it takes. Can you begin to pray right now? Come on, lift up your hands. Begin to pray. God is going to start dropping faces. God is going to start dropping names. I want you to begin lifting them up right now in prayer. It's as simple as that. It's as simple as that. Begin to lift up your voice. Come on, there's intercession right now that is trying to make its way into the prayers of every person in this room. Come on, can you lift up your hands? just pray here am I God send me father by the authority of your word by the power that's in the name of Jesus impart right now a burden for the drowning impart right now a burden for the lost release a boldness to share with others what you have given us in the name of Jesus